Hey, Tucker, should I be trying to watch CryptoZoo? Michael, you could watch a movie every day for the rest of your life and still fall behind the curve. The beautiful curves of the Sprockies. Welcome. Hello. Hello. God, you guys, media training. Please. Yeah, I... <laughs> I they don't tell you, you how podcasts work in, in, in podcast school. Let me tell you what. Nope. <sighs> no caffeine. No freaking candor. I swear to God. We're here to support <laughs> that film. What, Carly? Nothing. Share it with the class. What do you have on that note there? Nothing. That's funny. <laughs> okay. Well, we're here to do the second part of the Sprockies, which is our end of year, beginning of year award show for film. I'm imagining, like, confetti falling from the ceilings. Auditory confetti! Some mildly pleasing presenter on stage. That's me! Tucker! Tucker! We also have Michael here. Hello. And Carly. Hey! No runners-up in any categories, but we will have a winner in some of them. And uh, one thing we didn't mention last time is that eligibility is tied to letterbox representation, which means if something is not on letterboxed, it is not eligible for these awards. Otherwise, eligibility is tied to broad release that anyone can watch sometimes if they pay money. Are you mentioning that because of TV? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, yeah was there something that didn't make the cut then that it was... No, I was just clarifying because last time we didn't yeah. mention Okay. The like selection of what TV shows end up on Letterboxd is puzzling. Every yeah, anime sure. ever. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the mayor of East Town. Yeah. I think you should leave. Mm-mm. No. Mm-mm. Otherwise, that would be here. I'm not telling you, best eligible. scene. It is not. Ugh. Well, we're not doing best yeah. scene because. Um, yeah, it would be. There'd be a couple. Um, anyway. The wet blanket quotient. So we're going to do best looking film. Okay. Oh, what a lead. Uh, <laughs> our nominees for best looking film of 2021 are. <clears throat> Carly, get ready for when we do best actor. Because you'll be oh, running boy. that show. No. Uh, Antlers. Censor. Crypto Zoo. Dune. Part one. Evangelin. Three times two plus one, the third strike, uh, thrice upon a time. Judas. Rapture edition. Yeah, that's right. Steel case edition. uh, (laughs) Licorice pizza. Malignant. Minari. Mitchells versus the machines. Nomadland. Old. Oxygen. Passing. Pig, Promising Young Woman, Spencer, The Green Knight, The Last Duel, The Little Things, Power of the Dog, Titane, which is how I'm going to be pronouncing it. You guys can pronounce it however the hell you want in the French Dispatch. This is quite a list of nominees, you guys. Is film just amazing looking in 2021? Has everyone finally figured out how to shoot a freaking movie? Yeah, you see, you have long shots over the rolling plains. Yes, turn the camera. Take me there. Hold the camera over the plane. Yes. That's how you yes. know you're in a part of America that is in New York. Michael, can yeah. I strike Hello. a deal with you? Could maybe one of the main characters be looking at something off screen, but we hang on them, not on the thing they're looking at? 
Yes. yes. Oh, and yes. it's a lady wearing yes. a flowing cotton dress. Oh, my God. Uh, well, that I was say that category. We, Thanks, guys. We print it and send it to A24 and read the <laughs> awards. Thank you. And then put out a book of stills from your movie. Because yeah. art is dumb and eating itself. And we're here to eat the best-looking films of 2021. Carly, please strike one film from this record. I was about to do the opposite, which we didn't nominate Zola, but I kind of want Zola to okay, be in here, well, so I'm just going to type make in this Zola. Take longer. Okay, Zola. <laughs> Thanks, Carly. If we're I were to strike one, <laughs> if I were to strike one from this, I mean, I could strike a bunch from this list if we want me to. Do it. Okay, get rid of censor. Get rid mm. of Judas and the Black Messiah. Okay, get no. rid of. Oxygen, get rid of, mm, yeah, get rid of Promising Young Woman. <laughs> Someone stop me. Um, get rid of The Last Duel, probably. Yes. Yeah, you could probably get rid of The Last Duel. Get rid I think of there's the something to be things. said about The Last, oh, sorry. Yeah, 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 yeah. absolutely. Like, some things in The Last Duel look amazing and some things look terrible, mostly blood. The, yeah, the blood. <laughs> um I still really liked the kind of long shots of, of medieval Paris and, and some of the grimier stuff. Anyway. Anyway. I think like the cinematography was really cool. I think like the filters or whatever they're doing the to make it look grading. so gray. Yeah. yeah. It that just looked good. digital um, in a bad way. Like, ooh. Yeah. Blood yeah. stuff aside, I thought the kind of grunginess of the duel itself was also really well done. Maybe. Absolutely. I mean, we'll talk about the duel for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, those would be the ones that I would knock immediately of the ones I've seen. Can I just talk about Sensor a little tiny bit? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. I thought Sensor looked really good, dude. <laughs> um, because it played both sides of the coin where it's like prestige horror in the first part, but it's very like neon lit 80s rainy Britain prestige mm-hmm. horror, which I am very mm-hmm. into. And then in the second half, you have like this very grimy VHS video nasties horror. And that's also very fun. So I was very into censor. I think I really liked how the second half looked. Yeah. I don't know if the first half worked as well for me. That's fine. I understand cutting it. But I liked it. Yeah. You didn't like oxygen, like just like. Bottle episode, just like crazy sci-fi, like the weird arm coming out of the thing. I like I like how all of the movies I suggested gave me to look to some extent, but I just don't think Oxygen holds up to some of the other stuff on here. Very fair. They do a good job of not making it feel um, like it, it made it feel real in a really effective way. And I assume a lot of that's down to camera tricks and stuff, um, which is cool. But, you know. I agree with you, Carly, even though you're a monster for cutting it. Michael, what would you like to cut? Um, Immediately out the gate, I think we could probably knock off, from the ones that I put on here, I would Mm -hmm. knock off Evangelion. Um, I was curious. I mean, okay, so. Yes. Just to give my perspective real quick, and I would love to hear your perspective on this. I watched the first Mm -hmm. of the Whatever you're calling this quadrilogy re, or whatever. The rebuilds, or is it like the re-dot-builds, re-colon-builds? <laughs> Jesus. Right. 
and I was very put off by it because it was sort of this cleaned up digital, like mm-hmm. obviously our budget's higher, but it doesn't really translate into much for me kind of redo. Okay. This, I love 90s anime. Let's just yeah. be real. Yeah, yeah. Like grimy, like hand-drawn. It's cool. I like it. Where is this coming in? Is Because this is years after that, right? As far as production. Yeah. So what's interesting to me is that the the first of the the because there are four of these things the first one is the only one where i feel like it is the only one that really tracks closely to the original series so it's the only one that's going to have this like this feeling of okay we did evangelion again but condensed it a bit and made it look clean um as it goes on they start upping the like this kind of surrealistic visual style okay. and spectacle okay. with it it's still really it's still a lot cleaner than obviously the 90s anime thing it's still obviously you know they're pulling cgi animation into this stuff it's it's it looks like a big budget uh animated film but they're like throwing in all of this crazy iconography all of these like a lot of red like there are scenes where like Paris, they're, they're in paris it's baked in red and there are these new weapons they've made out of the evangelion uh robots that are like it's just like the lower half of them and then the top half is like a battery thing that charges another one that's a big cannon and there's just there's these other ones that are like they're supposed to be like ghostlier versions that are just kind of haunting the landscape Hmm. there are these crazy this crazy visual for like a an anti-universe because they trigger what is essentially supposed to be like revelations or whatever. It's it's really yeah, it gets really hard into the mythos and stuff, but I think they back that with this very cool surrealistic style of these like warmer colors just blending together, swirling with each other, moving with each other, wrapped around things like broken half pyramids, ruined cities, and at the same time there's this other side where I think um the the filmmakers are trying to sort of present a more beautiful pristine form of life so are the, there are these little hmm. pockets of of like unchanged world world where it's a little more rustic and they kind of play up these little more quieter details and stuff and that kind of comes through in the art style as well and it's it's like this genuinely pretty like visual style that goes with this other like crazier more up ante apocalypse style um uh, visual style and i think it's just all really really cool but um but we're cutting it but i'm gonna be cutting it yeah because there are other things i would rather put on i'd rather maybe elevate um that sounds cool yeah uh and and it makes sense going from like like if you just watch the first one it it would make sense to wonder why like (laughs) Yeah. Why at all? <laughs> Other than just to abridge this and cash in on the the Evangelion craze that was still there among anime fans and still there in Japan and stuff. Um, I would also probably cut Mitchell's vs. the Machines. Okay. Which I thought was really well animated, but also it to me was like a continuation of sort of an art style that really was really built up by something like the Lego movie and something like... Uh, into the spider verse so mm-hmm. i don't know if it's it's mm-hmm. and compared to those i don't know if it even hangs really it's got um, a style to it it does it does yeah. a little more comic well not a little more comic-y but well, yeah. it's got like a it's not mixed media but it feels kind of like mixed media to me where it's like 
Well, which is what Spider-Verse was going for, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. They pulled off again, I think. So those are my, I guess, immediate cuts. I might also... I don't have any strong feelings about Dune being here. Carly. Hello, Carly. I was just thinking about Dune. So, like, I think we can cut it because... Like, it's, I don't know. I guess I'm sort of confusing two things here. Like, this is a combination of, like, production design and cinematography and a whole bunch of other stuff. And, like, if there was a category that was production design, I would not let anything but Dune win. Hmm. But, like, the other stuff doesn't hold up. Like, the way that I just, I feel like Denis Villeneuve has the strongest and most fun sense of like how to design objects and his costume designers have the strongest best sense of how to design costumes and everything and like he shoots them all super super well but those are like it's the things that i'm focused on more than like the how the movie looks if that makes sense Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so i have a very maybe bad dune opinion to share (gasps) welcome michael (laughs) um i think part of so the things that i there there was stuff i really liked in dune um i think some of this this imagery of like we're in baghdad but in space because this is all an anti-imperialism sort of or at least the original novel was built around an anti-imperialism uh theme and bringing that into the 21st century obviously means contending with stuff like the iraq war and things and it, it definitely felt some of the visuals of that, like these helicopter bugs and stuff kind of buzzing in and over the desert with this old industrial style city being built around it, like as a fortress and stuff. I really liked a lot of that. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of what kind of maybe dulled the impact for me is how much Dune, the novel, has influenced sci-fi mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. over the past half a century and then how much of that has already has then translated into things like like uh, um it, it feels like i've seen a lot of the same stuff in places like star wars or uh, or like the the destiny 2 the riddick series and things like that it feels like this oh, yeah. is a, a visual palette we've used before so it doesn't feel as new except when it's invoking things like maybe the Iraq war or something. Otherwise it feels like we've, we've done space deserts. We've done <laughs> like, we've done like Next. space dynastic war stuff. Um, we haven't done space. Stellan Skarsgård is a gloopy guy floating across the table. I feel like we probably have. I feel like there's probably <laughs> an example of that somewhere. As much as I liked it. Yeah. I don't uh, like stuff. I guess that stuff was too cool too. I like the stuff that got really, really weird. Um, yeah like the spider was cool and like the little mosquito guy was cool and like i think the what is it like when timmy's learning about the like the visualizations of what what's the word i'm trying to think of like the holographs or whatever yeah holographs stuff is really cool yeah um i also like the the part where they're on the they're on their home planet and they're watching their ships kind of load up and just hover mm-hmm. in the air for a bit while they're it looks like they're in the fjords or somewhere there there's some place where there's been like 
like waterfalls and stuff I've carved through cliffs and mm-hmm. things. And it's just this really beautiful landscape. Um, again, though, just Dune as a whole feels sort of weighed down by its own legacy or I guess the legacy of the novel and sort of the influences that's had over sci-fi as a whole. And it really it, it did dull a lot of the I guess the the visual umph for me or the, mm. the aesthetic umph. I didn't care. Yeah, that's I like fair. I also haven't really... seen much of the stuff that I think you're referencing. Like, I'm, yeah, I'm not a Star Wars person, so I feel like a lot of this was, like, fresh for me still. Hmm. Okay. Uh, CG sucks, and I don't care because you can make anything with CG. Who cares? We all are just spaceship. Um, moving on, we got... Uh, can I cut some stuff? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, we can cut like, antlers, but it looks nice. It's like prestige horror, the movie. It's like... Mm. Remember Hereditary. It looks nice. Gone. Um, Malignant. Don't remember. I assume I put this on here. I don't quite remember why I did, but uh, I sure like Malignant. <laughs> I was curious as to what the, the argument for Malignant being here was. <laughs> I don't have one for you. Uh, okay. There was some not, cool this is, stuff. Oh, go ahead. It's not bad looking. No, it's like, it's like uh, The Conjuring era horror but wilder crazier the brought the, forward yeah <laughs> the top down sort of like uh rat maze mm-hmm, mm-hmm. sequence is really cool i agree um obviously there's that crazy really dynamic uh i think that says more to sort of the dynamic sort of like action sequences toward the end i think it says maybe a little more about about something like choreography and stuff, but yeah, those are fun. Those yeah. are well put together, well staged. Well, they were good looking or as, <laughs> as good looking as something kind of that schmaltzy can be. Um, yeah. Like schlocky kind of just yeah. like, yeah. Like, I don't know. Combining the aesthetics of B horror and prestige horror into this weird callback throwback thing worked for me really well. Dank alleys with steam. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of just like saw, like apartment yeah. design in this movie that I'm way into. Yeah. But it also has that like very, uh, you know, like the, I guess it would be more insidious, but just like nicely framed shots of like a modern home type thing where it's just yeah. like a woman in danger. I think it's a better looking, it's better looking than insidious. Oh, definitely. Which is maybe yeah. a benefit of, of. You know, James Wan having made these kinds of movies his whole life now. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. So, okay. Okay. But yeah, I like it. I'm going to cut it though. All I wanted to say about Malignant was this is the first time I've been a victim of the HBO model where they take it off after a certain amount of time. I was so Ooh. settled in to watch it on Ooh. Sunday. So excited. And it's freaking not there. And for what reason? It's so <laughs> annoying. <laughs> I mean, really, why? What? How does taking it off the service benefit them? It's so crazy. They're preserving me. film, the power of film. No. Okay. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you, guy. Yeah. Um, I would like to cut Zola, though, even though I feel bad because we just added it. But uh, I didn't think Zola looked that good. As much. I mean, it had film grain. It sure did. I think the overall effect of it is really stellar. Like, I I just think I don't think it's the best looking movie, but I think it's one of the best pairs of the way that the movie looks fits in so well with what the movie is about. 
Like I, I having... totally disagree with that. Well, sorry, oh, continue, really? but I completely disagree. Yeah. I think like the like mixing of like really dark moments and then like dark both, you know, physically and uh, plot wise. Mm-hmm. And then like the fairy tale moments being so bright and then like grungy. Like I just I think it hits all of the areas it needs to hit really, really well. And that's a combination of. I think, like, again, cinematography, costumes, lighting, all that good stuff. I agree. <laughs> no, I uh, <laughs> um, I think maybe I just don't at all. Like, every time Zola comes up, it just seems obvious that I completely don't understand what Zola is or the point of it. But uh, <laughs> I don't understand why your aesthetic for this movie based on a Twitter feed would be, like, Goodfellas or something just like you know it's like film green and it's like a you know it's like a crime movie like unless the point is that this is how they visualize this like the idea is that because I, I brought this up when we were talking about Zola like is the idea that life imitates like film like the way we tell these stories is filmic and this is like a representation of that because otherwise I don't understand why this is the look that this movie has it doesn't make any sense to me uh, I think a part of it is that it's playing with sort of a visual palette that already exists in a way in that we have these other sort of Floridian folk-ish kind of stories. Or I, I, I maybe that's not the right way to put it. These like f- this Floridian film canon in a way. These yeah. things like Florida I mean, it's Project. It's A24 Florida movies is like essentially it. Like, yeah. yeah, they have so many of these. The uh, Spring Breakers, stuff like that kind of influencing it to begin with, sort of adding to this. This I, I feel like that's a part of the aesthetic here. Another part of it is sort of this this wistfulness that exists in, in trying to share these kinds of stories over social media, or at least delivering the sort of dark comedy of these stories over social media, um, creating a sort of surrealness that, that kind of needs to be captured. And then, yeah, pairing that with what is essentially a crime movie. This is like a, a crime film and, and yeah. um, sort of keeping with that visual language as well. My distaste for the movie might be bleeding into this, but I guess I just it didn't wow me at all. And it, it didn't at all, I think. And I brought this up when we talked about it, it didn't capture at all, even though I felt like in some ways it was going for it, this like always online like social media presence didn't show up in the movie mm. at all for me really uh even though i think attempts were made to do that it felt kind of half-hearted and then they went back to film grain prestige you know a to four movie and it, it 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 there wasn't any friction there for me to like oh okay it was just like it felt clumsy hmm hmm Except the screensaver part. I love the screensaver part. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> I'm okay with cut. Like, it's not, okay. I, I would say, in the top few of, uh, you know, my okay. selections. Well, in the interest of time, should we maybe do our top three then, Kurt? Oh, boy. Mm. Okay. The oh, remaining Lord. movies, CryptoZoo, Nomadland, Old Passing Pig, Spencer, The Green Knight, The Power of the Dog, Titan, and French Dispatch. Car, what would your top three be? I'm going to go... Oh, lordy. Okay. I'm going to go 
Power of the Dog. Spencer. Old. Ooh. Tasty car. That was a spicy third pick. Thank you. Michael, well. what are you doing, Michael? Uh... <laughs> Uh, I would love to hear a case for old because I I don't see I it. Have but one. Well, you're about okay. to. <laughs> um, but my picks would probably be the Green Knight, the Power of the Dog, and the French Dispatch. Good picks, good picks. I would probably go French Dispatch, Passing, and Old. Okay, Carl, I would love. I to want to say Titan is an honorable mention. I'm sorry, Titan. 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 I liked how it looked a lot, but. Well, Carl, you'll never have to pronounce it again. Don't worry. We're done talking about it forever. It's got that cool, like, neon glow to a lot of it that was kind of cool. Yeah. It's really bright in a lot of ways. We cut Sensor like half an hour ago, but okay, whatever. Sorry, Carl. No, I don't know. I just think it looks really good. And. Maybe similar to Zola in some ways, where I think it captures a lot of different styles all in one movie, depending on like what scene you're in. Yeah, yeah. Music videos. Car, oh, <laughs> please give me your old uh, filibuster here. So Talking I filibusters j- like, okay. I think that like there are certain things about old which are amazing, and I feel like those two things are. General idea of the movie is awesome and so cool, and we <laughs> are that. so lucky to have Shyamalan in our life, and that's great and fun. And then I think the second thing, which makes up for, I think, some of the weaker spots, which honestly, like, some of the acting doesn't super work for me. Mm-hmm. I think there's a fair argument against some of the writing in it. The ending totally doesn't work for me. But I think what makes it feel... Like, not only, you know, like, worth watching and good, but, like, honestly, maybe the best looking of any of his movies is there's super cool camera stuff happening, like, the entire time in a really, really, really smart way. And it just generally looks good, which is, like, maybe a combination of choices and the fact that they're on, like, a beach that's really pretty the whole time. But, like, (laughs) there's so many, like, moving, zooming camera shots that are so effective at capturing the stress around the passage of time that's heightened by the plot and the like franticness of the characters. And then I think most effectively the like very, very stressful scene when it's the two kids who are now sort of teenagers in the tent and like, you know, what's about to happen and like all they're doing, they're not showing them as teenagers yet. They're just showing like, the halves of either of their faces from the other person's perspective back and forth. And they're like having this conversation that like super reflects, you know, where they're at mentally and all of this stuff. And I just think it's like perfect. And I think he did an incredible job. And it's like, if I had to pick one, I'm looking at this list again. Like if I had to pick one that I think it just made the best use of like camera angles and movement of camera, it would absolutely be old. I agree with everything you said, Kurt. Thank you. I would like to add one small tidbit. Um, Absolutely. He shot on film because digital didn't pick up sand the right way. 
<laughs> Someone's reading cinematographer yes. magazine yes. or whatever it is. I like IMDb that, trivia, maybe. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't. Yeah, it's I, good. I think old looks incredible, except for the parts where it doesn't. But those are few and far between. I would say, like the whole coral cave thing looks terrible. I don't know, but. I don't remember that even. Like, I remember yeah. that scene. I don't remember what it looks like. It looks bad. Uh, <laughs> do we want to say a word uh, for any of these movies that have not been in our top three that we are casting off into the sea as we spend the first hour of this podcast talking about the best looking movie? I still think Minari and Nomadland look very, very pretty. Yeah. Rest in peace, my friends. Um, in kind of similar ways, right? Like a lot of landscapes yeah. and... Yeah. Terrence Malick is back. His influence yeah. sifts through time. Have yeah. you ever seen Badlands? Well, get ready for that again. <laughs> pretty landscapes are pretty when you shoot them on film. Isn't it dramatic? Sweep. The sun is setting. Look as the golden hues fill up the grass <laughs> blades. <laughs> America is pretty and cruel. Ooh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that's um, beautiful. I guess I think Pig looks really good. So I kind of love some of the grunginess. I love these like really these these very they're these very intimate sort of moments. Um the one that really stands out to me is this quiet sort of this conversation between Nicolas Cage's uh um uh former chef and hit, well, the uh, he being the former chef, Nicholas Nicholas Cage's character, and a baker that I guess he had worked with at one point, and it's just kept from a very far mm-hmm. distance. You mm-hmm. don't really see either of their faces, but it's all quiet. It's just them at this table together. It's lit. Everything else is kept, kept sort of dark, and it just feels like this really nice, very in a, a lot of ways kind of sad moment. And and just there are things like this throughout that mo- the movie, and they all just kind of. That paired with sort of this this grungy Portland, this this grungy take on Portland, is just kind of fun. I really liked all of that together. I'm right there with you, Michael. Yeah. This movie smells like leather and tobacco. <laughs> yeah. And Beard hipsters. Ball. And hipsters. Uh, <laughs> I think Pig looks fantastic, yeah. Uh, yeah. CryptoZoo looks very, very good, but it is... Uh, in the Adult Swim vein of animation, but it takes that like three steps further, and it's and really like, awesome looking. In like what way? In like a because I saw that and it looked like it was just a it was going to be like a, a heavy metal kind of thing, not like a, a um, and a, uh, not like a, a Aqua Teen Hunger Force or Squid Billies or whatever. Um. I guess I mean just like tone wise, like it's very sincere adult. Very okay. odd uh, animation, but I wouldn't. I get the comparison, but I would. It, it's kind of. I don't think it is like heavy metal because it, when I think of heavy metal, I think of like very. Like these are people. Like it almost looks like rotoscope. Like you know, Crypto mm-hmm. okay, yeah. is very stylized, where it, it never attempts uh, to look like reality in any way, and I think that's the strength of it. Okay. Okay. It's awesome looking, but I don't think it hangs. Um, with the rest of these, uh, I can say a licorice pizza really quick. Do it. 
so this, depending, I forget, did Spencer also not get picked? Somebody picked Spencer, didn't they? You picked Spencer. I didn't pick Spencer. Uh oh. I didn't pick Spencer either. Uh oh. Spencer is going. Pick Spencer? Whoa. I think you did, dude. Oh, okay. Thank God. I was going to say <laughs> there's two on this list that I kind of know. That's just one. Okay. Anyways. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Licorice Pizza looks like really, really amazing um, in a extremely like cinematic way where it's just like, oh, these are like all of the best people at making movies, making a movie and every single scene looks incredible. And the way that certain things are edited together looks incredible. Like I think one of the best examples is there's like a, a scene where people do a motorcycle jump at night. And it's just like, Dude. it looks so freaking cool <laughs> and it's so exciting. It's all these drunk people with fire and stuff. Like, it's just, it's really, really awesome. Um, and I'm sure there's like a lot of people talking about why this movie looks so good in a smarter way, but it just looks really nice. Basically. Oh, does it look yeah. filmic? Absolutely. Excellent. The 70s. <laughs> Does it look? And obviously we don't know the uh, specific production details, but I'm always interested when a movie is set in the 70s and is made to look that way. But it never seems like they look like movies made in the 70s, you know? You know what I'm I don't. So I don't I don't think it does look like it. And I don't think it's trying to i could be off on that but like it's not making it like softer okay i think it's just like shot on film and looks like it's shot on film basically yeah but it's like people are in focus it's not like yeah no it's i don't think they're like doing any like (laughs) you know like crazy effects to convince you that this is old besides the fact that everything looks like it's older tarantino did not direct this film gotcha (laughs) cool yeah yeah We love you, Licorice Pizza. You'll mm-hmm. win one of these awards. Uh, Maybe. <laughs> I don't think Passing is going to win, but I need to just say that, especially the first five minutes of Passing, look incredible in sort of the way where it feels like someone is, uh, like uh, kind of how I felt about um, Orlando, where it's like, this is kind of looking, it doesn't feel like it's speaking the same like filmic language that we're beating over the head with over and over. It's like, this Hmm. feels different and that's really exciting. I think, um, I don't know if that maintains through the whole film. And I think it's like, it's like four by three black and white shots. So it's kind of like, you know, there's shots where it's like, Oh, that's how you would frame this because this is the, you know, palette you're using for this film. And it's like, okay, fine. First five minutes though. Speaking of four by three, the French Dispatch looks very good. It does. I think it looks fantastic. Yeah. I think it is Wes Anderson's, maybe most Wes Anderson y visually, but I think it's mm-hmm. in a good way that that's the case. I like, do. it feels like you're doing a lot, like a lot of the stages that are moving around, the, the, the sort of. I don't know if it was digital editing or if these are like physical sets or something where he's panning across different rooms, removing mm-hmm. walls or sweeping mm-hmm. walls aside. It just, it all came together in a way that was really, really cool. And I don't know. It's really good okay. at using 
it's just uh, like I feel like Wes Anderson movies a lot of the time they're very like this is the setting of this movie and this is what it looks like. But I feel like the kind of uh, New Yorker ish structure really let them kind of like I think all three stories feel very distinct and they're they're able to like incorporate yeah. different views of the same Wes Anderson style and I like that. Line. Yeah, well, I mean, it helps yeah, with the gonna... sort of. I'm sorry, oh, I, didn't mean to cut, I didn't mean to cut you off, Carly. No, I'm just gonna like. I think that saves it for me. Like, I don't normally have a lot of time for <laughs> like a long. You know, it just it gets to be a lot after a while, and I think like the fact that it is broken into little chunks and they feel different from each other makes it so much more enjoyable. And I think specifically. The art one works really, really well for me. And I was thinking about like visually and I was thinking about why. And I think it's because he couldn't possibly add as many props as he normally likes to because so much of it takes place in a prison. And it's just like maybe (laughs) there's a case for like restraint or something. And I feel like that's exemplified by that one. Yeah. Well, yes. Sorry, Michael, go ahead. Color, go ahead. Uh, the cartoon sequences in this movie. I'm trying to what remember. Did you, there's the oh, the kidnapping where it's like Tintin. Kind of, yeah, yeah. That was fine. I don't know. There's one. I thought there was one other one too. It was like a. a I forget what the context for that one was. Doesn't matter. The the big yeah. one's the end with where they replace the they do the car chase as a cartoon yeah. or something and. It was fun as like a stylistic thing, but I didn't think it was like crazy or anything. Like it was, you know, I I enjoyed it, but I it didn't. I am not really incorporating that into me thinking this was one of the best looking movies of the year. I guess. Okay, because it's maybe one of the the check marks against Mm. not against it because I actually think the rest of the movie is. I think without without that the the sort of visuals behind French Dispatch, I wouldn't have cared for it as much luckily um, they were there the they visuals. were there yes yes it's just because i, I think yeah. so much of the the movie was built on its visual language i guess is what i'm trying to say aren't and all films with those moments it's sort of hmm. it was jarring it was jarring and not in a good way i, I agree with you there michael I don't know. It was, like I said, it was, it was a cute little like novelty, but I was like, okay, back to people, please. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Went on a little, so. little too long. Spencer doesn't have any animated sequences. Yeah, Spencer looks great. Okay. I'm trying to kind of get us to <laughs> some sort of conclusion here. What, uh, what are we feeling? Um, give me your like top two. Let's just do that. Michael, what are you feeling? Uh, either the power of the dog or the French dispatch. Carly. Power of the dog or Spency. Okay. Guys, I didn't think the power of the dog looked very good. All right. Okay. All right. Put him up. All right. Like the thing I said about Nomadland and Minari holds true. No, I completely disagree with that. Yeah, I'm going dis- to disagree very hard. Okay, but that's my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> Am 
am I entitled to it? <laughs> I just didn't think it looked that good, you guys. Yeah. I, I think I, Power I, the Dog, like, a few, like uh, I probably need to find a different word other than cinematic because they use that for licorice pizza, but, like, it feels so, movie-ish. like, grand. It, it it feels like, it, I don't know, it just, it, it it reminded me a lot of, um, oh my god, Brokeback Mountain, where, like, there are vistas and the shots of the vistas are beautiful, but then also, like, the the interiors and, like, the way that it looks to, like, take you through different moments in their lives and stuff, like, I, it sort of was reflected back in that, and, like, I think of the... Two things that stand out besides the vistas is like the stuff in the beginning at the restaurant, I think looks incredible. Um, like the tense nature of the scene and like uh, how they like that so that it kind of looks like what like I imagine <laughs> like hipstery folksy restaurants are trying to look like now. I thought it was very interesting. Yeah. <laughs> And then all of the stuff in the house later, especially like the piano scenes and stuff like it's just all made to feel so big, even though you're just mainly looking like a couple characters lives. I think so. I think this is very different from something like Nomadland because I don't think I think the way that you look at that sort of these these landscapes and nomad something like nomad land is that you're supposed to be seeing oh America is vast the world is vast these are look at everything that's out you can like like it's it's supposed to be more open and I think in the case of the power of the dog the mountains feel more entrapping more imposing the landscape feels more imposing it creates sort of a claustrophobic effect which i think is even furthered by this this sort of raggedy but still very high class mansion they've perched into montana and mm-hmm. i think this all kind of wraps together to create this this sort of very to, to create this story that's a lot more contained than something like a nomad land where the the focus is instead on these individual characters who are living together and and i think that's something that i think the way that this this <laughs> that this movie took this 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 trope of all of basically the western genre the entire the western film genre of being able to sort of exemplify how open and romantic the american west is and instead turn that into something that feels more like walls that is far more severe and and, and imposing is such a, a a strong thing and it's so much different than something like a nomad land than something like a a, a badlands or or some other terrence malick whatever does that make sense i hope that makes sense yeah i've been I thinking about this agree. a lot today actually but yeah. um i don't have an argument i guess I I should just say, I guess, like a movie, this would never impress me, this type of filmmaking, I guess. Like, this is just not, I don't find it, (laughs) movies shot like this, I don't find them impressive. So, like, I totally get your argument, and I think it's a strong argument and all that. It's just, I, this is not to my taste. Like, I don't, I find, like, the Wes Anderson, like, very meticulous and, like, creative within these confines. I find that more engaging than, like, like I, I think that's interesting what you're saying about like the the different use of the environment versus no man land, but it's still like I shot this outside at dusk or whatever, and there's mountains in the background, so it looks good, and that just doesn't do anything for me. 
Outside is pretty. Well, I live in central Wisconsin, so I wouldn't really know that, would I, Carly? (laughs) (laughs) So is this a stalemate between French French Dispatch and Power of the Dog? No, because I think you guys both have strong arguments for Power of the Dog. Uh, I'm just saying... I, I can't be convinced, I guess is what I'm saying. I can recognize that you guys have strong arguments, but I will never feel that way about this type of film. Okay. Because it's also maybe worth pointing out two people did vote for old as well. And I guess I'm in that same camp where I can't be convinced about old. So That's fair. I think old, though I think it looks a lot better than Power of the Dog, I think there's also sequences that look a lot worse than anything in Power of the Dog. So it's like... Mm, I don't there are parts of old that... There are parts of old that felt like I was watching a Transformers movie. That's kind of cool, though, Michael. No, it's not. No, not even the good one. This like like watching the a Transformers, Transformers sequel. The Mark Wahlberg. Like it's really well filmed, but everything else from the stages to the setups to the 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 acting. I, to the acting uh, was grating in so many ways. The final mm. shot of the helicopter passing over the beach that turns people old. Let's not talk about the last 10 minutes of this movie, Michael. That's um, not fair. Was, it was like watching uh, some random studio schlock from the middle of the 2000s. Should I just, <laughs> I was, I, I was so put off. So okay. yeah. well, I even with, I, and like, I think it is worth saying it is as far as like cinematography and photography goes, mm. Yeah. Really cool camera work. Fantastic camera work. Okay. It's probably the strongest thing I think I could say about this movie as okay. far as like a, a filmmaking thing. But This is the old the criticism sandwich going on right here. What's the other loaf of bread, Michael? <laughs> the rest. Okay. The writing. <laughs> no, 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 no. Okay. Um, we're cutting old. Old's gone. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> um, I guess where I stand is I thought Spencer looked incredible. I thought the Green Knight looked incredible. I thought the French Dispatch looked incredible. I didn't think the Power of the Dog looked incredible. And those are the last movies on this list. But I would be okay with the Power of the Dog winning. The Powdered Dog. The Powdered Dog winning if you guys feel that strongly about it. I I feel equally as strong about Power of the Dog. Honestly, probably. Okay, definitely as much as or like Spencer is in line. Green Knight is slightly behind that. Green Knight looks really good. It does. Green Thank Knight you. was the first movie I saw in theaters after the the, the pandemic kind of 86 that as a, as a hobby. And there were moments, particularly with the sort of giants rumbling over mm-hmm. over the, the plane, uh, that were where my jaw physically dropped. I was just kind of amazed that this was a thing that I was able to see. It just it felt like such a... a a moment the the way the cam like the way that scene starts is sort of the camera's upside down and following oh, yeah. dev patel's oh, I forgot and, about that yeah, yeah, panning yeah. until it like it lines itself and you see the giants rumbling in the distance and like if there was a moment like a single visual moment episode, for me Michael. that's the next i know <laughs> but it's just stuff like that stood out so strongly to me and i feel so strongly about the green knight yeah Personally, I think as far as as visual language assisting, like the, as far as like visuals melding with the story and the setting and everything kind of coming together, and then standing out on its own, Power of the Dog is the one I feel the strongest about. Okay, personally, but I like I would say 
like another moment from the Green Knight is that sort of moment for the year for me, which is like the I think I mentioned when we talked talk like the where he's just sitting at the Mm -hmm. feet of the Green Knight and Mm -hmm. there's like the beautiful sunlight coming through the trees and everything. And it's just like so quiet and still and like that works really well thematically and as like a cool moment. But it's also because that scene looks so extremely beautiful so i would be very happy if the green knight took this i guess i'm trying to say well but i whether it wins or not i just want to say that i also think they cover more mundane scenes just as well like uh really Mm -hmm. stood out to me when he's kind of walking across the battlefield and the guy's talking to him the whole time it's just like (sighs) this long take through this field and there's just carnage everywhere like there's no like (laughs) there's no talking fox or anything. It's just like people talking in the field, but it still looks incredible because this whole movie looks awesome. Yeah. You'd be kind of cool if Green Knight wins this category. (laughs) Just going to throw that out there. I'd be okay with it. I'm fine with that. Can I give my Spencer spiel before? I don't think Spencer is going to take it, but I I think Spencer just looks incredible. Like I I think you said, Tuck, that like it looks exactly how you think it's going to look. And it does. Like it just like everything looks like a painting. Everything is lit so beautifully. All of the like choices of props and costumes and like the colors of everything are so lovely. And I think most specifically, like the stuff that takes place at night is just like that's when it sort of becomes a horror movie and also the saddest thing you've ever seen. It's just like, <laughs> I don't know. It looks amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And the costuming is awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been an hour. Should we? Yeah. <laughs> oh boy. Is that true? Uh, it's getting there. Should we do? It seems like it's green Knight or the power of the dog, right? That's the, is that the contention here? I think I'd be happiest with Green Knight because it seems like it would please all three of us. I think maybe one of the things we're thinking about is as a as a that the Green Knight. Is, I think the power of the dog is interesting in the way that it sort of plays with its with the visuals of Western filmmaking to do something entirely different. But the Green Knight is feels sort of singular in a way that you know the yeah. power of the dog doesn't. Yeah. I would agree. Yeah. So Green Knight? Green Knight? Green Knight? That works for me. Woo! Okay, join us next time when we'll cover a different topic. (laughs) Best vibe. Best vibe. Let's do a quickie. Let's do best late title card because I don't remember the context or examples of any of these. Let's go. I don't either. (laughs) I remember all of one, I think. The award for category that will not be returning next year is Best Late Title Card. And the nominees are... <laughs> it has are... to next year, though. It absolutely what? has what? to. Because the Drive My Car Late Title Card oh, is 40 minutes true. in. That's true. Yeah. Okay. Is it really? It is. In, like, the most incredible <laughs> way possible. Yeah. <sighs> well, uh, okay. we know what's winning next year. Let's find out what's winning <laughs> this year. The nominees are Antlers, Fear Street, 1666, Judas and the Black Messiah, Malcolm and Marie, Malignant, No Man Land, Spencer, The Green Knight, The Night House, The Suicide Squad, We Need to Do Something, Zola, times three, and Don't Look Up. Fear Street is... 
1666. Yeah, dude. <laughs> That's the first time I noticed that. That's silly. <laughs> Can I explain? Okay, the Fear Street one involves a lot of spoilers. Should I just say it's really good and we can cut it? I don't. I, am, I don't know. Like, none of these, I don't remember a single one, so I don't. Okay, should we even do this category is the question I'm posing to everyone. Zola's kind of fun because the second title card is actually like an anti-title card. It wins! <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> uh, what's the Fear Street 1666 title card? Um, basically what happens is halfway through the third movie in the trilogy, there's a title card for the first movie. And I'm like, hell yeah. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, it works really well. Um, I think Zola wins just for going for it with the title card yeah. three times in the movie. That's fun. And one is so like, so notes, filmmakers. So when we say three titled cards, we're talking like, I think like halfway through, there's the at Zola, and then there's the at uh, the other lady, the other name, lady I'm forgetting, yeah. and then there's another final Zola title card. Yes. Right? That's how you do title <laughs> cards, dude. Yes. It's kind of fun. That's fun. The Suicide Squad one was fun. What was it? Um, well, there, this this category is awful. We can't do this again because all it is is like describing <laughs> what happens in the movie and then, and then a title card happens. I don't know. Um, basically, they send the Suicide Squad in on this mission and they just get destroyed immediately. Like every single like big name actor they got for their oh, Suicide Squad. Oh, that's right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it's like the Suicide Squad. Yeah. I like that a lot. But that's just because that's a fun scene. It's a good, like, it's like a good, you know. Yeah. Nail on the coffin, but yeah, totally. Pete Davidson just died. Yeah, just immediately. Yeah. love it. <laughs> yeah. The most desirable man in America, Pete Davidson. <laughs> Oscar host. Ooh. Ooh. Uh, should we move on? <laughs> Does anyone sure. have any, any fight here? No. Not really. I have no reason to know this or remember, but I feel okay. like Malcolm and Marie probably did have a cool one. I think it's pretty late. Yeah. I think they have like a whole <laughs> argument, you know, out of 18 yeah. arguments, and then it's like title card. Yeah. And it's a good font and stuff if it's the same font sure. as the poster. But. Certainly. Anywho. Um, can we do most egregious use of four by three? Yeah. Sure. Okay. Uh, the nominees are Censor, Get Back, Justice League, Zack Snyder's Justice League, Passing, The French Dispatch, WandaVision, and Tick, Tick, Boom. Now, I, uh, when I say most egregious use, I don't mean worst. We don't mean, like, worst use, right? It's just most egregious use. I don't oh, I know what you mean, like though. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not entirely sure what you mean, then, either. Because um, egregious is bad. It's, like, excessive in a bad way. Right? Well, like, okay, Zack Snyder's Justice League is a four-hour superhero movie that is also four by three. It's egregious. I still like it a lot. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> is that a distinction worth making? Should we rename this category? <laughs> Worst um, just most annoying. Is that what mm. this is? 
But then it gets into like my weird brain worms that you guys aren't going to agree with. Where like, why is Wandavision shot like this when this isn't how they shot TV shows back then? This is a good question. Mm. Wandavision. I don't like remember. Was Wandavision four three? Was that like a when they do the first the couple episodes? It's like it's the fifties, so it's four by three, except it's shot on digital. It looks like crap, and it doesn't look at all like television used to. I yeah. hate it. It's very egregious. Yeah, but I feel like it's egregious for a lot of reasons beyond that. Just uh, yeah, the the aspect ratio. Well, I think we can separate this into two categories where it's like, this is four by three. Either this is like a statement or we're using four by three as a little sprinkle, a little spice on top of our movie. You know, cha-cha-cha-cha. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> French dispatches, I make films in four by three. WandaVision is like cha 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 cha. Tick tick boom, where it's like home video for some reason and it's in four by three because it's the nineties or whatever. That's like cha 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 cha, you know? So it's it seems like the answer is WandaVision or Tick Tick Boom. Well no, because I hate it in Get Back, for example. Why? Just Cause Get Back for the first oh, let's say like ten minutes is like four by three footage of the Beatles, and then it's like now it's the movie, and it's that same four by three footage, but we've smooshed it out into widescreen, and we put a weird noise filter on it, and it looks really weird. Hmm. So why was there four so by three? So they just stuck to their guns. Just do four by three. Yeah, you did it in the beginning. <laughs> well, then this is the opposite of this. This is no, the this most is the egregious use of. <laughs> 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 is there a case for Justice League because it's a four-hour? Oh, I love it though. Indulgent. I think it works. Is the thing. Hmm. I think Justice League is a great-looking movie within the paradigm uh... of Zack Snyder filmmaking. <laughs> I that's think, like, okay. That's an being... important asterisk. <laughs> it be it is the most indulgent thing. All the way through the entire, every single thing about it is the most indulgent thing you could do. So I think it just like works like it. It makes the most sense out of all of these, maybe. Thank you. This is going to be weird because I've only I have not seen the Snyder version. I've only seen Mm. the the Joss version. And I remember that having a whole lot of other whole lot of other things to where I wasn't even thinking about. What the aspect ratio was. The Henry Cavill mustache. Henry Cavill that, mustache. Yeah, 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 that's right. No, the Henry Cavill mustache was that one. Yeah, that's that yeah. was there. Yeah. Oh, it's a boy. different category. Uh, <laughs> anyway. I feel like What's, in your guys' what you, mind, the French Dispatch should win. Because every time we talk about the French Dispatch, it's like, Wes Anderson being Wes Anderson again. Four by three. But, Okay, but I like that. I don't think that's a negative. I know, that's what I'm saying. If yeah, that a, doesn't really bug me either. Okay. I don't get bugged by aspect ratio in general, I would say. I do. <laughs> First man. Okay, like, I I choose WandaVision. I choose WandaVision. Yeah. WandaVision, the way that you, yeah, WandaVision bugs me for the reason you've 
stated. So Where it looks like a Marvel movie, but it's supposed to be a 50s television show. And it's like, what is <laughs> happening? Yeah. Uh, you'd think someone with like Disney money would know how to at least try and, and, uh, and do that right. But anyway. And it's outside the confines of this category, but the later stuff doesn't work either. Where it's like, no, it's Malcolm in the Middle. And it's like, no. No, I know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And then the actual stuff also just doesn't look good. The whole thing doesn't look good. Everything about it's just... Television! Mm-hmm. I'm going to make WandaVision green and we're going to move on. Like if their Woo! statement is that television looks like shit, I guess they, they did it. They're but... contributing. <laughs> Christ. Should we do best actor or best soundtrack? Hmm. 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 Probably just doesn't want. Are to we listen. doing best actor today? Well, I guess we I don't can. think we can do everything next time because then we'll die. But I think we could maybe do best soundtrack. We could definitely yeah. do soundtrack. Okay, the nominees are Crypto Zoo, Days of the Bagnold Summer, Evangelion. 3.2. Get back. In the Earth. Inside. Nomad Land. Passing. Pig. Pinocchio. Shadow in the Cloud. Shiva Baby. Spencer. Summer of Soul. The Green Knight. The Little Things. The Power of the Dog. Zola. Licorice Pizza. And All Light Comma Everywhere. Is Shadow in the Cloud this year? Yes. Oh. That's the, the bomber one, right? Yeah. Ah. And we can cut that, but it had a fun synth soundtrack that I was into. Yeah. Uh, I was thinking about putting West Side Story on here, but that mm. felt very, very cheap. I don't know. And not fair. I respect it. Well, because it's basically the same songs as the yeah. original musical, just with a different cast. And like a little bit different, a little bit of shaking up with some in- instrumentation here and there. But I'm into that. But uh, I, I'm not going to put it on there because it feels like... Haha, ha, the, the award goes to the the sixty year <laughs> the thing old. we liked before. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. Um I'd like to cut Days of the Big Note Summer for being the worst nominee on this list because the soundtrack is great and they use about five minutes of it through the duration <laughs> of the movie and it pisses me yeah. off. Yeah. It's a Bell and Sebastian soundtrack and it was misused horribly. <sighs> All right. We can probably, I mean, like, unless we really want to talk to each one, we can probably just pick, should we just go to, like, top threes or something? Um, okay. Hmm. I don't know. What do you you guys think? I mean, okay. Get Back is the Beatles. Do you like the Beatles? I do. Okay. I was going to ask about this. (laughs) Uh, I don't like it wins. I think if you like the Beatles, this sure has a lot of Beatles music for you to listen to. Yo, do you want to hear Paul McCartney play demos of Get Back? I do. The song by the Beatles that you've heard before? I do so badly. And I did. Uh, And now I'm crossing it off. Okay. (laughs) Is it? It's... So my impression is that that this is like a let it be naked kind of thing again. Is that... Yeah. No, it's totally just like, here's what they were playing in the studio. Okay. Here's the rooftop concert, but it's four performances of the same song. Hell yeah. Get back. Uh, <laughs> Pinocchio doesn't need to be on here. <laughs> it had a nice soundtrack. <laughs> um, the little things. Well, okay. 
Thomas Newman is the greatest man who's ever lived, and he's fantastic at putting songs together. And uh, it reminded me of the American Beauty soundtrack, which I know we don't talk about that movie around here, but I love that soundtrack, and this had some good songs too. And now I'm going to cut it. Bye, Little Things. Which one's Little Things? Is that the... That's the Denzel... Uh, Rami, Jared Rami. Leto. <laughs> Jared Leto's there, right? Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. Yes, he yeah. is. That's the creepy okay. guy. What? Uh, Range. Great. Cool. Uh, Can I cut one more? Go ahead. In the same vein as the Beatles, I don't think Summer of Soul should be on here, but I mean, if you want to hear excellent music for an hour and a half, it's right there for you. Okay. And is that the d- documentary? Is that yeah. right? Yep. Yeah. Okay. How was that? Everyone that I had sort of followed and heard from said it was kind of amazing. I wouldn't go that far. Okay. I think the okay. topic is amazing. Okay. I don't think the movie was amazing, but it has a really great soundtrack. Okay. Hmm. hmm. Okay. So top three. Unless anybody yeah. else like piddly ones, they want to, uh, Give a little Viking funeral too. Uh, I don't. I'll wait. Okay, I'll okay. wait. Carly, what's your top three? I go licorice pizza, Spencer, and then I honestly don't know. Like I hardly okay. remember a couple of these. Okay. Can I just pick a top two? Yeah. Licorice pizza and Spencer. Okay. Michael. Uh, I would pick Pig, Shiva Baby, and The Power of the Dog. Okay. <laughs> I would we go... love Johnny Greenwood. <laughs> we yeah. do. No, we're not awarding that man any awards. <laughs> yes, we will. Uh, I would go Pig, All White okay. Everywhere, which won't win, mm-hmm. obviously, but I think it's incredible, and I'm excited for you guys to maybe watch it. And passing. Did I say passing? Passing pig and all light everywhere would be my top three. Okay. Um. Obviously, passing and all light everywhere won't win. So I just want to talk real quick. Passing has like a twenty-minute soundtrack because it's used extremely sparingly, but it's beautiful and it's like uh, just kind of like jazz piano, but done extremely mm-hmm. well. And it fits the movie perfectly. Um, and All Light Everywhere is Dan Deacon, who I have loved for oh, like really? 15 years now, I think. He does crazy, awesome electronic music. And his score is uh, kind of what you would expect, I guess. But um, especially its use in the movie is just fantastic, where it kind of abruptly changes between like these very droning classical pieces and more like chaotic kind of like electronic stuff it works really well it fits the subject matter really well um pig's really good can you remind me what pig sounds like or what the like just (laughs) i could not tell you what it sounds like but i know it sounds really good the uh the the ending there that sweet little cover of uh i'm on fire is maybe one of my single favorite things <laughs> my goal i liked when the pig was like <laughs> i don't know if that counts or not in this category 
Otherwise, I think it's a lot of like sort of uh, ambient folk style stuff, yeah. which is yeah. really competently done, really well done, and everything really dramatic. Um, my naming for of pig really kind of hinges also on that 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 <laughs> I'm on fire cover that Bruce Springsteen cover at the end. Everything about it was just like <laughs> right in my heart. So I don't know. I hear you. This is kind of tough, I think. Yeah. What were your two car? Licorice pizza and Spency. Can you go into licorice, the licorice pizza, pizza? I feel like is like the like I I think it's hard. I'm not gonna like push it because I'm the only one who's seen it. But I think it is kind of hard to argue against. Like. It, it is a really, really, really cool score that I think only pops up a few times. And it's just like sort of sporadic, like jazzy, percussive stuff when things are like tense or whatever. And then just like awesome, awesome songs that everyone loves to hear the rest of the time. Like it's just it's I a perfect awesome combination songs. of the two com- or the two things that you want out of a soundtrack. And then Spencer, I think, like also makes use of that like jazzy tense style or like it's like disorganized and eclectic and that fits extremely extremely well with the movie how many of these are mr greenwood is that what i don't know yeah okay is it licorice pizza also i'm pretty sure right spencer oh my god it is johnny greenwood Uh oh what the hell (laughs) um well, that eliminates Good those choices. What are we left with here? <laughs> uh, I think of the ones that would have support, I think Spencer would be my go-to. Can I make the case for Shiva Baby? Of course. Where it's this this like kind of discordant, spooky like strings music that is intentionally made to sound like it belongs in a horror movie, sort of adding to this very like claustrophobic adding to this sort of film language that's intended to invoke sort of horror film, sort of claustrophobia, anxiety, intensity. And it's definitely building into that. And it's just this really cool. I was listening to it earlier, actually before this podcast. And it's just this really cool, like, little plinky plunky of strings and stuff and <laughs> oh, in yeah. a way that's I think intentionally designed to kind of add to this, this anxiety that builds throughout this entire movie. Yeah. They did a really like, I, I don't know there's so many smart cho- choices made in that movie. And I feel like that's one of them. It just works super, super well. Oh, uh, I, uh, we'll talk about that later. I don't support it in this category, I guess I'll say. <laughs> mm. I support... I mean, Spencer had some of that same thing where it's like, this is not a horror yeah. movie, but it, there's a lot of tension in the soundtrack, and it's like, bad things are happening. Social things. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Talking to people. Mm. Heaven forbid. Um, I think the Spencer soundtrack is fantastic if if we're looking for a middle ground somewhere. Okay. And I would I would back it. It's not my favorite of the Johnny Greens because I think I really love the 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 ambient folk music going on in Power of the Dog. But yeah, that's also very lovely. 
but uh, I would definitely be happy with Spencer winning because it is a very cool soundtrack. It's for me. I only I was only able to watch the first half of the film, but it's, for me, it was sort of this. It was an interesting way. It was interesting to hear how sort of Johnny Greenwood built from this 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 single like musical theme, the single like the single line of music essentially and built around that and reinterpreted that in different ways as it went on that really built to or, or like really built drama around yeah. you know this this really uncomfortable and terrible dinner thing christmas thing <laughs> that was happening um it was really cool i really liked it so yeah spencer our winner spency spency Spencer, Spencer leading the leaderboard. Yeah, we got best letterbox poster and best soundtrack and That's best fashion. That's huge. Item. Oh my god. <laughs> That's huge. Spencer Sweep, Spencer Sweep. Spencer Sweep. Worst family movie. <laughs> Guys, it's time for us to rank these movies from most to least prestige horror. Mark Woo. three. The nominees, if you can call them that, are A Quiet Place Part 2, Censor, Escape Room, Tournament of Champions, Lamb, which none of us saw. I don't think we <laughs> no, did, unfortunately. I think we it's can gone. keep it on. No, keep no, it I think on. It, we don't know what it is. It is we okay. know what it is. <laughs> I can't rank a movie I haven't seen. Tucker. Whatever. Tucker. It is an A24 horror movie. Okay, yes. With the set, in some, set in some rural middle of nowhere. What do you think it's going? What do you think it's going to be like? With the woman from Prometheus. It's back. Last night in Soho. Malignant. Old. Shiva baby. 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 The Conjuring. TDMM. The Green Knight. The Night House. Titan, we need to do something. Well, he's Wonderland. And the novice. What is we need to do something? It's like Black Swan, but with rowing. No. (laughs) (laughs) We need to do something. We need to do something. It's a beautiful work of art, and we will get there in just a sec. But I think we should do this the most mathematical way possible. What is more prestige horror? A Quiet Place Part 2 or Censor? Censor. I agree. Because it's high concept. Part two is like a blockbuster on purpose. But it's like, it's trying, it's not trying to be schlock, even if it is. It's supposed to be like, you know, meditative farm. Ooh, it's quiet. He's a good dad. He's a great dad. He's taking his family (laughs) to the baseball game. I, uh, I agree that Censor is much more prestige <laughs> horror than A Quiet Place Part 2 is. So. Can you like put these next to it or something so we can yeah. keep track of it? Mm-hmm. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You're the best. This always gets complicated, though, because it's like trying to put in stuff. Censor, yeah. Censor, Quiet Place. Okay, what about Escape Room Tournament of Champions? I haven't seen. I, I would imagine it's the same vibe. No, not yet. Um, I would imagine it's a similar vibe to the first one, in which yes. case I would put it between Sensor and A Quiet Place. Part two. I would put it below A Quiet Place because it's schlocky garbage and I love it. It yeah, has no ambition. I, mean, are, I think the first one had ambition. 
I don't mean in that way. I just mean like it has no ambition to be taken seriously. Yeah, I just think there's certain like artful elements of it. No, it's well made. I love this horrible series. I'm just saying it's not like (laughs) (laughs) it's in its lane and it's like comfortable there and it's good at it. But I wouldn't I don't think we can equate prestige with competency, you know. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, I'm with you. A lamb, everyone's favorite film. We can't stop talking about lamb. It's at the top, right? Okay. Probably. <laughs> it sucks. If lamb <laughs> wins and none of us have seen it, I'm leaving. Am I looking at this list? Hard. <laughs> take us on the last night in Soho train. I would say between sensor and lamb. Wow. Okay. Edgar, it's right? like You're so it's prestigious. trying to be <laughs> prestige, but it's it's still an Edgar Wright, so it's like also silly. You know what I mean? Yeah, it like demands yeah. to be taken seriously, even if you can't. Right? Is that the yeah. vibe? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, I thought last question. Right? <laughs> I have my pop screen in my mouth. Okay, malignant. Gross. <laughs> What do you do with malignant? It's either at the is top it, or the bottom. I. It's not like, like how are we defining prestige horror? Because if we're talking about like turning a concept around in some kind of way, sure, or 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 something, it's it's got a little bit of that going on. It's like it a movie half the time. We've previously defined it with some element of like it has like an emotional or thematic message beyond what most horror movies do or something or like social message i would say negative on the yeah. like i think it might actually do social harm yeah i wouldn't <laughs> uh, i think some of the aesthetic choices are informed by prestige horror but i don't yeah. think it itself is prestige horror necessarily I mean, the ending is basically a Fast and Furious movie without the cars. Hell yeah. But Um, isn't it also inspired by, gosh, I'm forgetting the name. You know, like the Italian... Giallo? Giallo? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That feels sort of prestige-y. I guess so. It it is not a smart or... uh, it, it has not much to say, Car, I would say, about movie, yeah. But it sure says it loudly and with vigor. Except that your schizophrenic friends are dangerous. That's true. Um, I would put it between Sensor and A Quiet Place is where I would. Me too. Okay. Car, is that fine with you? Yeah. Okay. You're fine placing Lamb, but when we talk about Moline, you're like, mm, I don't know. I haven't seen it. <laughs> I feel like well, I get Lamb. I might watch Lamb before the next one of these. Okay. I might try to as well. Oh, yeah. well. Enjoy old. Old's an interesting one. Old is interesting. I would put it like above malignant. I would put it below malignant. I would put it above censor. Hmm. We're running into this a lot where it's like, this is schlocky garbage, but... (laughs) But... The thing is, I don't think... Okay, number one, I don't think Shyamalan ever is intending to make schlocky garbage. I think he might like schlocky garbage. Yes, totally, but I 
he I just think his level of earnestness, which hmm. we love, is like a shield from that or something, hmm. okay. at least like as he's making it. I don't know how it always comes off, but like I think to him, this is and I, I, I also believe it to be true. Like, I think this is like a very emotional and meaningful story. Yeah. Be afraid of the guy with schizophrenia. Yeah, there's he a has theme. Dementia. Um, uh, boy, this this thing with old and and split or whatever sure bought him a lot of capital after Last Airbender, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> Dude, so, the visit is that. great. Let's the visit yeah, is okay. great, VHMO. and that's only mean to old people, <laughs> <laughs> and only certain old people. Yeah, the bad Please. ones. Um. I don't know. I uh, it's like middle of the pack, but I feel like it's on the top end of the middle of the pack for me. Old is. Yeah, I would agree. So I would put it above above malignant at least. Okay, fine. Because I think it. <laughs> not to get into a serious argument, but I really do think it has more ambition to connect with people and like tell this. Whether it's successful or not is obviously up to you. But uh, Malignant is at some point just like Grindhouse nonsense. Yeah, that's true. But I feel like Grindhouse nonsense is then some... It like circles back uh, around. Yeah, adapting <laughs> Grindhouse nonsense is, is, an, is in and of itself a very... No! <laughs> I'm an artsy horror director kind of decision. Yeah. So. It's all circling back on itself. Um, are you okay putting it above Malignant? Yeah, I'm I, fine. Okay. I don't have we a need to move on. Opinion. I'm not going to... Put the brakes on this awesome I'm not tie cinder blocks to the podcast over old. Well, I might do it with our next film. Yeah. Shiva Baby. Uh, That's I, a tough one. Uh, it, I don't... I don't think you can put a horror soundtrack over Curb Your Enthusiasm and be like, this is a horror movie. I don't think that works. <laughs> um, okay, so... I'm the one that put this here. Okay. And I think because in my, so in my mind, there's like a, a, a f- like a game theory kind of board, right? Like a, <laughs> no. a chart, like the a prisoner's dilemma. Okay. Sort of where, where it's like horror, structural purism, horror, structural oh looseness okay. or whatever. I'm writing this down and drawing this. Okay. Where like you have one side, it's like, okay, <laughs> Is a horror movie – well, how am I trying to word this? I should have drawn this down. I was thinking about it. Um, <laughs> essentially, I think there's a conversation to be had about whether something is structurally a horror movie versus um, – and whether or not that makes it sort of – I'm trying to think of how I want to word this. I'm sorry. I guess in the case of Shiva Baby, I think it, it – can be interpreted as a horror movie in the way it is filmed and put together the way that everything is claustrophobic and designed to sort of build anxiety, the way it's meant to sound anxious and claustrophobic, the way it, it just is, I think as a, as a, I think it was approached and filmed as a horror movie while also being this as, as content wise, being a black comedy, being a dark comedy. Yeah. I completely agree. So if we're we're talking like this chart, what is horror movie? And then we have structural versus content or something. It's under some like 
chaotic good argument or chaotic neutral <laughs> argument, it is a, a prestige horror movie. I think you could like. I think it applies to the one directly below it with Spencer as well. Like that, yes. the, the content-wise, that's not. I mean, I don't know. There's horrors in it, but it's not a horror movie. But it reads like a horror movie to some extent. Yeah. I think just the difference is uh, for me, Shiva Baby, it's a little more jarring because that that content is is comedic yeah, or intentionally right. comedic. Uh, I can't go with you on this. I don't know. Like I get, I get the Spencer thing because it's like she's. Uh, there's i don't know spencer is closer in tone yeah to like a horror movie where it's like i'm in this big house i don't want to be here and bad things are happening and there's uh, i don't understand what about shiva baby if you took the soundtrack away from shiva baby i feel like we wouldn't be having this conversation because i don't think it actually at all resembles a horror movie other than that conversations keep going poorly in it or something. And that is to me is not a horror movie because I can't think of a horror movie about conversations continuing to go badly. Oh, I can. Anxiety sucks. (laughs) Um, Old is, there is some deeper uh, fear going on in old that, uh, uh, I don't know. Like it, it could be any like mumblecore indie drama. And then you throw like horror Ari Aster soundtrack on it and I it didn't also I hated the movie I don't know if that's coming through at all um but uh I wouldn't to me it's not a horror movie hmm. I'm not I'm saying it disqualifies to... it from this conversation I'm saying to me it would go like towards the bottom because I just don't consider it part of the it doesn't fit the spirit of the category to me I'm going to disagree so hard on that, Okay, okay. I guess, okay. is for the reasons I've already said. I don't know. As someone who deals with anxiety and things like that, it just it, – it, I felt worse as this movie went on. <laughs> that's how um, I feel with every so, movie. Mm. Uh, that's how I also felt with old, but for different reasons. <laughs> <laughs> The twist was fun, though. I'll give it old that. Thank you. The twist was fun. Put that in my pocket bring it out later. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, can we find some sort of middle ground? It really doesn't seem like it because <laughs> I don't think it would make sense to put it like next to old or something because that doesn't, I feel like, make anybody happy. I think maybe like my proposal would be below malignant. That works for me. Oh, because the way you guys were talking about it, I felt like you thought it should go like towards the top or like at the top or something. If I was personally by myself drawing this list for no one, for like a, a, a blog of, of two viewers, <laughs> yes, absolutely. That's us. But, the Phillipses. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm good. No, well, Tin can talk. <laughs> tin can talk. Seriously, you're, you're good. I, I think it's fine. <laughs> okay. So where are we putting it? I think below malignant. Okay. okay. Like what I to me, what it lacks in traditional horror, it makes up for in like the prestige part. Like, it, yeah, That's those are sort of the two brush. things we're balancing. I just hmm? like like Marriage Story is a horror movie or something because it's two people fighting. I, I, oh, I, I think I, okay. Shiva Baby go. is way more intentional about that stuff than than yeah. Marriage Story. I got way more anxiety out of Marriage Story than I got out of Shiva Baby, but 
we're just getting into like well, marriage stories not on this list okay that's my point let's move on to spencer <laughs> princess diana what kfc who <laughs> Um, this is about the vampires right (laughs) Uh, i think this should do pretty well because it is so reminiscent of the shining for me and i'm like oh that's prestige horror this is prestige horror oh interesting Hmm. she sees the twins and they're like come play with us diana (laughs) forever and ever i would definitely put it towards it it's i would say without having seen lamb around the lamb <laughs> level of prestige <laughs> lamb's gonna win you guys suck <laughs> uh, it's not like there's I anything that would unseat lamb well there's one thing i think i could see unseating lamb there's a, a few things that come in yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah i don't know like above last night in soho that works i mean again this falls into the exact same i don't think this is truly horror thing it should be. Yeah. i don't want to i don't want to be a hypocrite and be like well i don't like shiva baby so that doesn't count but spencer's cool like i don't think spencer fits either but i do think it's closer to what we're talking about and there's also i mean there's like a like shocking physical sure. moments shocking moments of like physical entrapment like it, there are i think it's it's pushing the needle further i guess there's a ghost Sort of. Yeah. Kind of. <laughs> so it wins. It goes at the top. Uh, I'd be fine above Last Night in Soho, but I haven't seen Last Night in Soho, so I can't really. Yeah. I can't make that comparison, but. I guess maybe it's below Last I don't know. It, like Last Night in Soho is definitely more of a horror movie. This is more prestige, though, I would say. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. We are balancing the two things. I would put, let's put it, or my vote is below Last Night in Soho. I have to go with you on that because I haven't seen it. Yeah. But that makes sense to me. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> the Conjuring TDMMDI. Yeah. <laughs> Michael, you've seen it, right? I sure did. Okay. I Kyrie, sure, sure. I don't remember. No, I did not. Okay. How do you feel uh, about this one, Michael? It's like a detective movie. Yeah. Except there's a there's a, a a ghost, I guess. Hell yeah! Uh, it's such a weird movie. I don't know. It's a it like is. I'm inserting it into the flow chart now. Where okay. is this? Is this chaotic neutral? Is this shot of like Michael looking through beakers and his face is all distorted in different ways as he moves along the line of beakers and there's like green I'm, liquid. I'm swiping. I'm imagining holographic words in front of me and swiping them right and left. Yeah. <laughs> Michael's in his mind palace and Moriarty is sitting there. Uh, yeah, I don't know if it's a prestige movie. I think I like. <laughs> It's not very prestigious. It, it's not like prestige horror. We're not like thinking about. It's not like turning the genre. It's not adapting the genre to tell some other kind of unique story. It's not like yeah. we're we're using horror to tell us a, a the the terrifying <laughs> truth of ourselves. hereditary disease or anything. It's it's just it's literally <laughs> these two psychics being crime stoppers and hell yeah in the name of Jeebus. I think it's Patrick Wilson prestige horror. Absolutely. He is (laughs) prestige horror. And Vera. Sure. Uh, 
She was sure. was she an orphan? Yes. There you go. Yes. Um, I think it is a for me, it's above malignant because malignant is about the crazy, whereas the conjuring is kind of more restrained and it's like doing the conjuring thing more. And to me, I guess that's more prestige because malignant is just such a specific case because it is this vision. And normally I would associate that with prestige horror, but it is a vision of the opposite of prestige horror. And I respect that, but I don't, I think yeah. the conjuring is more, yeah. fits this better. That's fair. I don't have too strong of an opinion about this. I guess, yeah, I would put it above malignant for that very reason, but okay. it's not like it's, it's, it's not like we're sitting down and, trying to turn the conjuring into capital a art or however you'd want to define prestige it's still kind of stupid but it sure is <laughs> i don't know it was kind of a fun way it was a kind of a fun way to adapt the sort of conjuring mold to some other new kind of story yeah. no i didn't hate it i thought it was an art yeah. movie uh yeah but i liked it more than the other two conjuring but yeah me too yeah. absolutely um the green knight's an interesting one yeah, I think this might be right at the top. If I was, do you, there's do you some think, really strong horror moments. Are we doing cinema a disservice, where everything needs to be prestige horror, even if it's just a creative action adventure movie? But there are moments and characters and visuals that are distinctly scary throughout the entire movie. And then the overall concept being that this this knight is traveling to his death. That's cool. Kind of spoopy. Kind of spoopy. <laughs> I have to agree. I just feel like if the NeverEnding Story 2 came out this year, it would also be eligible for the same reasons. And that feels really <laughs> weird to me. But okay. Maybe. I mean, like, okay, so the moments I immediately think of are when she's in the, like, big house I forget yep. how I saw this so long ago, but like the woman in white sitting mm-hmm. there is terrifying. Comrade, the idea yep. of like there being the two Alicia Vikanders is scary. And then the entire <laughs> like vignette when he's at the house and he's like getting the woman's head from the bottom yes. of the lake. Mm-hmm. Like scary. Yeah. The night's kind of scary, too, honestly. Yeah. He's a very imposing figure. He's filmed to be sort of like a very imposing figure. When he yeah. first appears, it's kind of dark, kind of spooky because you're in the castle and the light doesn't really shine through the castle all the way. And no, yeah, I, I totally agree. It's just uh, I, I get that this is like a joke category. It's just weird that <laughs> we tend to compartmentalize <laughs> all of film within this really weird <laughs> specific subgenre. And it's like, okay. I'm I think a part it. of I think another part of that though is that this weird specific subgenre is, is film. very influential, it is. especially right now. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, I th- I think we all love horror movies. Yeah, so that's fine. Huh. Yeah. That's one to grow on. Uh, where would you like to put this movie then? I would say definitely somewhere above Spencer. I don't care where yeah. after that, I guess. Okay. Having not seen Last Night in Soho, I would put it above Last Night in Soho. I would also probably put it above Lamb personally, but that's just because <laughs> I want to see Lamb fall. That's right. But Lamb is like a horror movie, right? We assume. I don't know. 
I actually don't know if it's over. I'm pretty sure it is. Yeah. yeah it's like, like I've seen the trailer and the trailer was cut like a horror or like a yeah. prestige horror trailer. But well, so it's a Green Knights trailer, I think. Oh, yeah. It's a remake of that Adrian Brody movie, right? Where they like have the weird daughter alien and then like stuff happens. What? You know what I'm talking oh. about. Splice? <laughs> is that what that movie's called? I think it's called Splice. Anyway, <laughs> so where are we putting the Green Knight? It is defined as a folk horror film. I think Lamb should be at the top. Okay. That's fine. Because it's a horror movie. Okay. Yeah. It is a prestige horror movie released by A24. I feel like it is, you know, (laughs) (laughs) wouldn't we be doing a disservice to this category by ignoring that crucial fact? Is Hereditary the all-time prestige horror? Absolutely. Okay. Not Midsummer. Nope. We haven't swung back around on that yet. Give it no. five years. I still love Midsummer, but okay. God, I wish okay, we never... could. I some. I would say once a week. I have the thought that I wish we had done this for a certain year when certain movies come out because I think it would be fun. But the Hereditary year would have been really interesting because that was like proto like there were prestige horror movies absolutely before that but that was like oh this is a thing now like this is right. gonna be everything <laughs> like, this is how yeah. you do this this is the book right yeah uh the night house what is the night house rebecca hall <laughs> i love this movie a lot um rebecca hall's husband died and she's like sort of seeing committed suicide Him. yeah that's not spoiler, it's like right? ghosties pretty, yeah there's yeah. ghosties and weird yeah. night people running past carly at night yeah and freaks so her terrifying out. Yeah. yeah um i would put this towards the top <laughs> absolutely this, this is, like is meant this P. is meant to be a hereditary i think yes totally yeah yeah i don't think it is yeah, I mean, I no, nothing's hereditary, but right, right. But this is totally like, what if there was a horror movie about grief and it looked like yes. this? Yes, exactly. Okay, isn't that just Baba Duke? Anyway, anyway, anyway. Whoa, never mind. Um, <laughs> I'd put this anyway. at the top. I think. I yeah, I think that makes sense. Like, I think yeah. This is like Ari Aster's intern made a movie. Like, I, yeah. it's like right there. I can't tell yeah. if this is mean or not. Coming it's from just, like, it so I let me. I'll, I'll give my quick defense. Number yeah. one, I think it's just an overall different movie. Two, sure. I think yeah. the characters are very different. Three, I think there are some like specific elements in which this is scary. Oh, you know what's interesting? Like, there are some really quote-unquote schlocky moments like i love 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 the ending i know tucker you do not and that is like (laughs) depending on who you ask like very silly yeah and i can even say it's silly but it's silly in such a fun way you like in a way that like hereditary not a single thing in that movie is silly like that is like it just makes you feel icky um which i guess like maybe takes it down the prestige just a touch I'm not like I. I'm not here to disparage this movie. I just uh, <laughs> I, I had a thought there. I don't know. I'm. I just don't want you to be defensive about the night house. I just didn't care for it. No, I'm not like I'm saying it in that maybe Lamb is still on top. Okay, 
Okay. Having not seen Lamb, though, I think this is like, <laughs> this is just it. This is like the example. This is yeah. Okay. Yeah. The movie you put at the top, you know. Yeah. Okay. Is that fine? That works for me. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Titan. Oh, this is a tricky one. I was going to probably put this one at the top. Yeah, it could be. It like it really mm. doesn't read like a horror movie to me. There's so many horror elements, I guess, like specifically body horror elements. Mm-hmm. And the mood is so unsettling. But I think it is pretty purely like a. I don't. It, yeah, this movie's really hard to like put in a box for me, I guess. Um, I don't know. I do wonder what my opinion would have been had I also not seen Raw and thought about Raw on the way into yeah. into Teton. But I think at the same time, the body horror elements really kind of sort of under, underscore it as, as a horror movie. And then sort of taking these body horror elements as some kind of statement on something like sexuality and gender identity means that there's – you also have this element of it trying to – present some kind of argument or some kind of statement oh and the prestige part is absolutely there yeah yeah so for me it's sort of the idea now that we're in this world where (laughs) now that we're about what half a decade past hereditary and we're in this world where this this is this is sort of a, a style that that's been well established and is now being used elsewhere Titan feels like a sort of next step, another place we would go with this this kind of approach to making some kind of a, a, a horror movie or some kind of a movie with horror elements. That's a good point. Like a, Titan does not feel informed by Hereditary. Like it does feel like it's like, a, oh, here's a different version of doing horror with yeah. like a larger theme behind it. I don't have anything to add. I I like what you guys are saying, though. It definitely feels so, like I a next know. step from Raw. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. Like, I, mm, below Last Night in Soho? I was actually going to probably put this around Lamb. Yeah, Personally. I, gonna, I think below Lamb was where I would put okay, it. Okay, that works for me. Okay. Helen! <laughs> Sorry. Is she drinking water? Oh, yeah, she freaking is. Can't Silly you freaking girl. wait a little bit? We're trying to freaking <laughs> bring these words. <laughs> um, we need to do something. This is like... This is impossible. I, yeah. I love it. This is the challenge. Michael! This one is confusing. What is, okay, so what is We Need to Do Something? I only know it is that movie Ozzy Osbourne, I guess, is in. Is he? That's what I thought I saw on the internet. I was like, what? I don't think that's it... doing stuff. I'm trying to picture. There's only like yep. three people in the movie. He's the good boy voice. Okay. Oh! I love this. <laughs> wow. Okay. Um, uh, wow, 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 wow. We need to do something. To the about, it's this family, and they get mm-hmm. trapped in a bathroom. Cool. Okay. And that's it. Yeah. 
And also there's this And then there's subplot terrible, happening. terrible, terrible, <laughs> terrible subplot happening. It's better that we don't talk about the subplot. This one Ooh. is interesting because I think it is trying to be prestige. I think in some ways it succeeds at that. It also is bad. Yeah. I don't know if that factors in. Also, I love it. So it's like, <laughs> I don't know. It's obviously very low budget. I don't know if that has yeah. any bearing on what we're talking about. I'm sure Ozzy costs him at least twenty dollars. I, I don't <laughs> know where even that would much. be in the movie, but I believe you that it's him because <laughs> yeah. that seems like something that would be in this movie. But I thought Good Boy was the dog. Oh my god! Yeah, 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 yeah. That's incredible. Okay. Yeah, it is incredible. Okay. Does the That's dog awesome. talk? There's a scene. I don't know. <laughs> Let's just say there's a scene. Yeah. Huh. That's the cool thing about this movie is there's a scene like three times. Yeah, that's, that's all true. you need. But that the, the dog is probably the best scene. Yeah, I would say so. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, the dad losing it is so good, too. He's so <laughs> awesome in that movie. Uh, I don't know. This is like a it's like a it's like not prestige, but it feels like this like art, like uh, small production, like kind of artsy mm-hmm horror movie that didn't turn out the way they thought or something and hey, I, I think it, it might have turned out exactly how they thought I, like <laughs> this is i i'm not trying to be mean i just think that's yeah. true like i yeah. i also think i mentioned this before it totally feels like a shutter movie where it's just like mm-hmm. this mm-hmm. is for people who want to see every single horror movie ever made oh. and like here's a version of that you're being mean i i'm really not trying to i'm really not no, trying to yeah. i like i like that type of thing I, yeah. like this one specifically didn't work too well for me but this is a there's... crazy good argument to see we need to do something <laughs> i don't know that uh will work out for you michael um, okay i think there's a layer to this above what i would so i haven't seen many shutter horror films i guess i've seen like the one um there's a certain off-kilter vibe to this that seems like something you wouldn't get in your average Shutter film. But other than that, yeah. uh, I agree with you. As I don't know. I have no idea goes, where to I put am. it. Yeah, I would put it like below or maybe like below The Conjuring. I would put it above The Conjuring. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the right call. A little old. Does that work for you, Michael? Yeah, that's fine by me. Oh, the being the like benchmark here is crazy to me. <laughs> <laughs> it's not bad because I do think old has some things going for it. But yeah. it's just weird to see it as sort of the benchmark for <laughs> artsy horror. For quality. <laughs> yeah, for quality. <laughs> uh, well, no, last night in Soho is above old, so. Speaking of which, Will is Wonderland. Michael. <laughs> Yeah, so my thought process was depending on how we define prestige horror, whether or not it's like this this intent to sort of take an idea of a horror movie and skew it and turn it around, sure. in which case half of this movie is that, and the other half is okay. just normal horror schlock. But oh. um, essentially it's like a, a Five Nights at Freddy's kind of thing, except Nicolas Cage is the one who's left to be th- for a bunch of really – kind of convoluted but fun reasons to be the security guard slash janitor trying to clean up the old uh this old play area 
And when the 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 animatronics come to life to to eat him, he ends up hunting them down <laughs> and just like sure. kill, dispatching them easily. So it becomes kind of like a reverse slasher movie. Um, it made sense at the time, I'm sure. It was fun. No, like that yeah. part of the movie, I think is a blast. I loved it. It was so fun. Nicholas Cage in these weirder roles, I I really enjoy. Um, he like has no lines of dialogue the entire movie. He's just this quiet, <laughs> bearded that. guy who smashes <laughs> energy yeah. drinks every fifteen minutes, <laughs> and he uh, is really good at killing animatronic Chuck E. Cheeses. Same. But um, the other half of the movie, there are these teenagers who are trying to burn the place down. They get trapped inside, and then normal horror movie things happen to them. But that's cool. Um. As like if if your definition of prestige was sort of turning uh, a horror movie concept around on itself and doing something new with that, um, this sort of fits was my logic. Yeah. Okay, I guess it would probably sit around the the we need to do something conjuring malignant realm. Okay, maybe the old realm. Okay, this is your call, Michael. Okay, uh, put it below old. Oh. We're going to get to our last one, the novice. The novice. We love Isabel Furman. We love rowing at a veterinary school, and there's a horse that's running on a treadmill <laughs> or something. Dude, that's yeah. not eligible. Oh, well, we got the next uh, best thing, the novice. I sort of have a novice spiel, but I'll save it for Isabel's nomination. Um, okay. this is like in the, I don't know how to describe it. It's like blacks. It is like black swan. Like that's not an unfair comparison. So okay. Like, maybe the best uh, way to put it. What was that Natalie it's, Portman one where she's like a, is this like Vox Lux dude? Oh, that's interesting. No, but oh, okay. I like that movie so much. Um, it's sort of like in between black swan and what's the drumming one? whiplash whiplash oh somewhere in between those in that like it's the intensity and like someone focusing on something but it it doesn't have like the oh natalie portman is turning into a bird and you get like you know bummer (laughs) but it it has like that (laughs) level of darkness i would say um so it's like that's another is this a horror movie it it like Michael, the way you're describing that ship of baby made you feel this movie like made me feel like I wanted to uh, leave. Yeah, <laughs> and, yeah. Roll away. Yeah. Um. I don't know. So I guess for that reason, maybe I would put it somewhere around there. Okay. Okay. I'm convinced. Where at though, Car? I would put it. I would suggest putting it above Shiva just because, like, I think it. It looks more hor- like it's really like gritty and like dark and I it like looks visually upsetting or something. Excellent. Yeah. That's what we're here for. And uh, there's like violence and stuff. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so from well, I'll I'll start at the bottom. The least prestige horror is Escape Room, Tournament of Champions, which feels right to me. That's fine. (laughs) That means it's the best movie. And then from there, we've got A Quiet Place Part 2, 
Shiva Baby, The Novice, Malignant, The Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It, We Need to Do Something, Willy's Wonderland, Old, Censor, Spencer, Last Night in Soho, The Green Knight, Titan, Lamb, and The Night House is the most prestige horror. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> I like this censor Spencer pairing. Yeah, censor, me Spencer. too. <laughs> Sensi, Sensi. <laughs> uh, are you guys feeling one more or should we call her there? We have best vibe sitting right here. Yeah, I would say let's get best vibe done. No. Okay. Yeah, let's polish off best vibe. The nominees are Bad Trip, Benedetta, Boss Baby 2, Censor, Crypto Zoo, <laughs> Dream Horse, Something that got deleted somewhere along the way. Get back. Licorice pizza. Spencer. The French dispatch. Titane. We need to do something. And so this is obviously not most enjoyable vibe or like craziest vibe. This is like strongest vibe. Yeah, I guess that's how I like. I feel like I added some of the ones that are not a good vibe okay. like Spencer, think, but like the ones that are most yeah. effective at creating a vibe i guess okay is how i think I originally it. it was like comfiest vibe but okay just like vibe we can take away i'm fine with like taking away titan spencer no 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 ETC. no no no, no. It, it is like, i wasn't i wasn't entirely sure how we were defining vibe because my image was like zola and that was about it yeah, <laughs> yeah that movie has a vibe but yeah. uh, Benedetta's a choice. That's it's a vibe. Pick. It I sure does. I think Benedetta's my front runner. <laughs> it's got a couple of vibes. It's got a lot of vibes. Like, I just think they about... They haven't been invented yet, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> the silliness combined with the fact that, like, for the entire last half of the movie, the sky is red. Like, it's just That's like... Cool. Yeah. And then she gives, like, the devil voice and stuff. I don't that's just like all the best. That's good. She's literally crucified Jesus for the second half of this movie <laughs> after fa- sexually fantasizing about Jesus for the first half. It's, it's there's a lot. <laughs> there's a lot in this movie. Uh, um, I don't want to uh, kind of rock the boat here, but Dream Horse has a lot of scenes of Tony Collette looking at like a spreadsheet on an old computer, and there's like a picture of a horse taped to the monitor. Hmm? That's amazing. Yeah, I haven't seen Ben or I haven't seen Dream Horse, but Dream Horse would be my number two because that sounds okay. incredible. <laughs> that sounds familiar in a way that I'm not ready to own up to. Uh oh. Yeah. Uh, anyway, Dream Alliance, <laughs> Tin Can Tuck. <laughs> that is there's a really uh, noticeable uh, uh, one we should have on here. So I'll just go ahead and. Uh, it's drive my car. Oh, are you saying there. okay? Okay, oh. now we're ready to talk oh, about film. No, that's God. okay. Uh, it's Don't Look Up for the listeners at home. Yes, Don't Look Up. Uh, it's a uh, kind of complex film. You might not understand the first time through, but it's kind of like a metaphor for some of the issues that we're facing as a society. <laughs> I would like to say, personally, Get Back is my front runner because oh. we hmm. uh, chilled on the couch and ate delicious food and just absorbed the Beatles for like nine hours over the course of a week or something, and it was awesome. Now, Yeah, that sounds comfy. Was Get Back a different vibe from, say, Let It Be? The original I making of documentary. Okay. But I think it's more... Uh, friendly and laid back than here are the Beatles fighting is my understanding. 
Okay. There is still some Beatles fighting, but it's like right, fun. They're right. cute. They're like British. It's good. All right, jolly good. I don't like you. I'm leaving. Well, then go piss off, mate. And then it's like that for nine hours. That's pretty cool. Why can't I play my song about whatever George was writing about? I think it's sad. Yes. Barb and Star should probably be on here. I think you're Barb and Star is a vibe. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to add it. Don't tell me. It's got a very clear vibe, too. Yeah. Oh. Oh, yeah. Vibrant uh, star. Yeah. Okay. Oh, you're going to go to the Vista del Mar? God <laughs> <laughs> bless them. Um, I'm kind of sold on Dream Horse. Um, I guess I'm not entirely clear what the, the criteria here is. It's like, just... Just vibe it's on just this vibes. category a little bit, dude. God, it's like that doesn't help me. Okay, um, so bad trip has not come up at all in this on these conversations. I loved bad trip. And I think it has a great vibe, and it has a vibe unlike any other movie on this list. I don't think that means it wins necessarily, but I just have to say bad. Bad Trip sustained a certain vibe for its duration that I did not get out of any other movie this year. And I appreciate it for that. Can you describe the vibe? It's like a, an Eric Andre skit, but much more um, not at all mean-spirited. Mm. Oh, that's a good vibe. I know. I, yeah. Bad Trip's a great movie, uh, I think. Um, and it's like within the context of society it's just great to see this like doofy road trip movie that is also kind of meta and goofy in an eric andre type of way and uh it was perfect i didn't realize eric andre even made a movie this year uh yeah he's in sing too <laughs> oh yeah that's <laughs> busy guy so. that eric lin-manuel miranda eat your heart out this, <laughs> is, right. this is hollywood's real working man <laughs> Uh, um, crypto zoo is like taking bad drugs i have never taken good or bad drugs because i'm a square but i it's what i assume taking bad drugs is like well you okay, described it before as like an adult swim kind of thing yes adult it, swim is it's a vibe all vibes it is very vibey in that way uh it has that kind of like undercurrent of things could go bad at any time which kind of hurts the vibe i think it makes it a better movie but i think it kind of hurts the vibe so okay. we cut it licorice pizza is I probably a vibe movie. yeah i should call it a licorice pizza I, so like licorice pizza hmm there's like a couple moments that ruin the vibe i would Ugh. say hate it but the overarching vibe is like rambunctious young people, and that's fun. I like being that. silly. Cara, yeah. I'll be completely honest with you. Anytime we talk about licorice pizza, I'm just picturing Almost Famous in my head, and that's fine. <laughs> that's yeah. a fun movie. That's where my mind goes to, which is maybe a little unfortunate. <laughs> this oh, is also famous. a very fun movie. There's like some, I don't know, like a. 
I would say like 85% of this movie is great vibes. And then there's 15% that isn't. But don't you need the bad vibes to really accentuate the good vibes? No, no? there's certain okay. bad well, vibes I, we don't I, need oh, to. Oh, okay, well. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> Boss Baby 2 is like sniffing cocaine for an hour and a half. That sounds kind of cool. As a and watching Coco Melon. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little like that. I don't know. <laughs> I'm glad there's at least some recognition that Boss Baby 2 exists and did in fact come out I last liked year. Boss Baby 2, dude. Uh, there's a really... Can, can I just say a great thing that happens in Boss Baby 2 real quick? Please do. There's this chase scene happening through town, right? Okay. And they smash through a movie theater, and they're showing Spirit Untamed, and there's one guy yes. in the theater watching that movie, and then the, and then they're done. And then he's, like, caught up in the, in the chase, and it's just like, oh, okay, this is how they feel about this. And I'm That's into that. That's very good. Yeah. The vibe is intense. Boss Baby 2. Um, I like Benedetta. I think Spencer has a really strong vibe to it, though not a positive yeah. one. Yeah. I would say, yeah, if it was about strength, Spencer would win to me. No, Boss Baby 2 would win. I was just, just okay. talking about that. But, um. I don't know. The second half of Benedetta, I think, kind of seals that movie for me because it's just like claiming that you're Jesus <laughs> with the red sky while the plague yeah. is coming. Yeah. It's a vibe. It is. It's a unique vibe. It's not like Dream Horse is like the quintessential vibe, and then you have Benedetta, which is like. <laughs> yeah. Like have these calm two down. movies ever been compared to each other in history? <laughs> um, I have a hard time separating this from my viewing experience, I guess. Like for Dream Horse, we made cookies and like had this. Yeah quaint little for Benedetta I was just like sitting there watching Benedetta and it was great but it wasn't like <laughs> I wasn't vibing off it I was just like wow <laughs> this is a movie yeah I don't know you got nothing I don't know yeah uh, I don't have any strong sentences. let's do Benedetta okay Benedetta wins yay okay so many That's f- to make up for its poster award. Right. <laughs> uh, that poster sucks. I, I saw it again because, <laughs> Michael, you watched it, right? And I was just like, oh, yeah. that's what that yeah. poster looks like. It's good. Anyway. Uh, I feel a little different about the poster now that I saw the movie. I will right? say that much. It's, it's, it's a different... The spirit is not there. <laughs> a lot less subtle. <laughs> Why aren't the nipples bleeding? I said to myself this morning at five o'clock. I don't really know how to recap what we did because I don't separate them all. But look forward to next time when we do best scene, best actor and announce our top, um, our canonical 10 films of 2021. Will freaking... Um... House of Gucci be on there? <laughs> That's not come up once, I don't think. Uh, Luca? Uh, Spider-Man No Way Home? Oh. 
Ron's gone wrong? Uh, Sing to The Lost Daughter? <laughs> the Lost Daughter. Uh, Dear Evan Hansen? Well, now we're just getting into spoiler territory, but thank you, Michael. Um, we are going to go to, go to sleep. Carly, thank you. Yeah. Um, Michael, thank you. No, thank you. <gasps> Um, oh my god. Dude, Order of the Phoenix is pretty sweet, huh, Car? <laughs> yeah. They like go into like the place where all the time machines are, and then they're like, whoops, and then all it's the time, time machines. It's prophecies. Uh okay. Frick. They don't really explain that at all, like what that means or why that matters or why they want them or okay, okay, all right, whatever. Harry Potter's pretty cool. And uh with that, we're gonna say goodnight. 